All right. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back, everybody, to our monthly podcast. Uh, hey, hey everybody. Uh, I hope everybody is doing really well. And hopefully you guys have been following us in our uh, latest series that we've been doing. We've been talking about Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, uh, right? So we've addressed the other three tendencies, the upholder, uh, the questioner, and the obliger. I think we did it in that order, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm pretty close. Um, and this week, we're going to be talking about the rebel. Doo -doo -doo. Why do you say <laughs> hey. Why, what's with that noise? Why do you do that noise? Because this is the hardest one for me to deal with. Okay. So <laughs> actually, you know what? So let, let's start there then. Okay. So for those who don't understand what we're talking about, if you haven't had an opportunity to go back and review the other ones, um, we're talking about your four tendencies and your tendency is how you respond to outer and inner expectation, right? So... Um, I know for Dana, Dana, you lean towards an upholder. Mm -hmm. um, a rebel is going to be your polar opposite, right? <laughs> yep. So whereas the upholder um, meets inner expectation and doesn't meet outer expectation, correct? No, an upholder meets inner and outer expectation. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. And so the rebel is the exact opposite of it. The rebel doesn't meet inner, nor does it meet outer expectations. So rebels are constantly at war with themselves and with others, right? Mm. So if that's the case, um, why do you think that an upholder struggles so much with a rebel? Well, because too, also when we talked about the upholder, you know, we are big on the structure and the organization mm -hmm. and the rules. Like we literally will go to the pool and read all of the rules, right? Whereas the rebel, it just depends. Like <laughs> sometimes they're going to follow the rules and sometimes they're not going to follow the rules and sometimes it's good to them and sometimes it's not. And it's just very wishy-washy. So here's the funny thing. Um, because it, you're right, it is wishy-washy. Um, I think we talked about on the last one, like I mentioned that I'm primarily a questioner, but I tip towards rebel um, because I have a rebel mother uh, and my father is, an, is a questioner, so I'm a little bit of both. Um, but the funny thing is like rebels do what they feel like doing in that moment. Like the rebel is, is so much about identity that um, it does appear to be wishy-washy. Because it, it really boils down to like, how do I feel like appearing or, or what do I feel like doing right here, right now in the moment? Mm. So your rebels are going to typically be uh, hard to follow. But the funny thing about a rebel is like the obligers, they gravitate towards them. So like the, the obligers look at them like, oh, my fearless leader. And it's like rebels don't mind in that moment, like kind of taking charge and being the leader. Um, but oh, we make the worst leaders. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily yeah, you're, true. You're, that you're right. They okay, make the worst not leaders. the worst. Because the interesting thing is, like with rebels, they really are the trend starters, though, right? Yeah, so they're true. the ones that, like, they actually, um, on one hand, thrive when it comes to entrepreneurship. They thrive when it comes to running businesses. Um, because for them, they can think outside the box. They're like, there are no boundaries. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if this is what I want, like, let's do it. Um, and then they also like, they thrive a lot under, you know, if somebody says that they can't do something, they're like, whoop, 
let me show you sit back hold my beer right right right. don't believe me just watch right so there's nothing stopping a rebel if they are convinced and determined and like you said it goes back to their identity and it's like no this is not the person i am because i will not fit in that box that you claim that i am i'm gonna be doing this so i i guess then let me uh kind of explore that a little bit more of, of what i meant by that you're you're right they have those great qualities um one of the things that i remember when reading gretchen's book uh, was talking about like how the obligers look for them, look to them for uh, approval, so to speak, when it comes to things that look or appear to be more spontaneous or appear to be breaking the rules or something like that. Um, but it was very interesting to me because it's it's just the moment that like somebody pops in and tries to give that give a rebel like an identity, like they shut down and it's like okay, uh, never mind, I don't want to do that. So what I meant by that is you have. Um, rebels who sometimes may be in a leadership role or maybe they're they're the boss of something. Uh, And then the moment someone steps in and is like, oh my goodness, you're so great at that. Like you should go on to do A, B, and C. A rebel's like, oh, no, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) And and you laugh because you you know sometimes I'm like that, right? (laughs) Like, Like you will literally come in and be like, oh my goodness, that's so good. You know what you should do? You should go and pursue that. And I'm like, Ah, you ruined it. Now nah, I don't want to do it. And that's how a rebel thinks. Like, so that, I don't know. Like I say that because you, you know, having some rebel tendencies and even, you know, speaking to the rebels out there, like you have to recognize um, that that's part of your tendency and that may be some of your struggle, but you mentioned the strength of it um, is they like challenge. So uh, I think in Gretchen's book, it gave the example of like, how your rebels usually might gravitate to some type of career in sales or something like that. Um, And in their mind, like they come up with a system that works best and they probably get better results than the other three tendencies that they work with, but they're going to butt heads with their boss, especially if their boss is an upholder. Um, So the example example was given and was like, you could have like someone who's the top salesperson or the top producer on their job. And they may be the top producer because they do things their own way. But if you have a boss who's an upholder, they don't care about the result that you're getting. It bothers them more that you're not following the rules. Like, could you kind of identify with that? Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. So I just think it's it's interesting because it's like, as I was sitting and listening to more of the book, I had a few aha moments for <laughs> myself um, in the fact that like, I know when I'm dis- displaying rebel tendencies. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else you wanted to share on that before I change gears? Um, I mean, I guess I would just add. So usually your rebel is going to do opposite of um, what is expected of them. Um, some of the strategies that we talked about for other tendencies are not going to work for your rebel. Mm. Okay. So can I pause you right there? Are mm-hmm. we going to talk about the strategies yet? Um, no. Of how to deal with it? Okay. Go ahead. Finish. And, and then we'll move on. Um, the other thing I was just going to say, because, you know, with us saying like, oh, they're wishy-washy, well, they can stick to something again, if it's tied to their identity. So they will commit if they are like, well, I am a healthy person. So 
this is tied to my identity. So to be a healthy person, I have to eat a certain way. To be a healthy person, because this is my identity, this is who I am, then they're going to stick towards it. Or I thought it was interesting she used the example of someone that was like, yeah, I don't eat fast food and I don't eat all that stuff because I feel like it's the government's way of trying to poison me and kill me. And so I have to rebel against the government and I have to eat right, right? So like, it's just a different mindset. Wasn't that even when they were talking about like someone who may have like a a chronic illness? Um, And I think they use the example of like diabetes or something like that. And they're like, I don't like that this disease or this illness controls like certain aspects of my life. So she was talking about, you know, how, you know, diabetics have to be pretty good about making sure that they either control their diet, like what they eat, um, or make sure they're regular about checking their blood sugar, their A1C levels, making sure they're taking their insulin like when they're supposed to. Um, But she mentioned that you have like some rebels who don't like the fact that something like diabetes, like, tries to control their life. So they're like, no, nah, I'm not going to check my sugar. I'm going to eat whatever I want. And uh, I'll take my insulin when I feel like it. And it's to their detriment. But it's like even, you know, physicians and doctors have said, like, that they struggle with that, you know, struggle with trying to get uh, rebels to understand, you know, why it's important to do those things. Um, did I, I cut you off or derail your, your thought? Okay. And then, so one of the other things, and and this is not to like rag on rebels because like I'm partially you, (laughs) I'm partially the part rebel out there. Um, But one of the other struggles that a rebel will have is, uh, is in relationships. And I thought this one was, was pretty interesting because it made me think about our dynamic and um, you know, sometimes like when we butt heads, Mm -hmm. like why we butt heads. So one of the things about a rebel is like, if especially like in a relationship, if you give a rebel um, what they feel is too much to do, then they shut down. So they start, you know, they start in in essence saying, I don't want to do any of that. So I'm going to do none of it. Um, And it made me think of it because like a couple days ago, what did we do? We sat down and we tried to plan out like our whole month worth of activities and uh, other things that needed to be done. And I was like, a big kid like when Dayton's our son <laughs> it's like oh can we go now like why do we have to do this like I don't want to do this and I no longer want to do anything like that's what was going on in my mind and it's just funny because like as I was like reviewing uh segments of the book for this podcast I was like oh, that's so me <laughs> and I could see why that would frustrate someone like you uh so I did think that was kind of interesting um but hey, when we say these things, it's not saying that a rebel is a bad person uh, and and understand that understanding your tendency uh, helps you to further identify yourself and understand more about yourself and how to overcome maybe some of those shortcomings. So you want to talk a little bit about strategy on uh, dealing with rebels and how to get rebels, not necessarily to do what you want, because a rebel's going to do what they want. Um <laughs> but how to kind of manage that. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I thought one of the things that was interesting is, uh, she talked, uh, touched on in relationships, like dealing with a rebel significant other or a rebel spouse. Um, they typically, or I don't even know how to address it. Cause I, I want to say we, but I'm not like, you know, hundred <laughs> percent a rebel. Um, but rebels typically they deal in love. So they're motivated, 
um, by love. And I thought that was really, really interesting um, because it's, it's not like you would say to a rebel that, well, if you really loved me, you would do this certain thing for me uh, and then expect them to do it. But it's like rebels are very much about that emotion. So like when they feel like, hey, I want to display love, like that's what's going to motivate them and and get them to act. Does that make sense? Mm. So, I mean, like when you're dealing with a rebel, um, maybe sometimes our initial reaction is to push, push, push and say like, well, I want this person to love me in the way that I think that they should, or I want them to do certain things because it's how I feel loved. Um, But a rebel, like when they're motivated and actually doing things, it's usually out of love. So I thought that was interesting. Um, And then uh, the other thing was talking about dealing with rebel children. So I thought this one was pretty interesting Um, because like nobody really on the surface wants to have like a rebellious child right um but there was three ways that was mentioned and this applies across the board right um there was three ways that were mentioned that are have been found to be successful in dealing with a rebel it's uh what information mm-hmm. uh consequence and choice mm-hmm. right so do you want to expound on that a little bit? Well, yeah. So I think that's important, too, because, again, you want to give them the information of what is going on and what's, what what the situation is and then the consequences. So these are the consequences. Um, should you choose this way or should you choose that way? And then leave the choice in their hands for them to decide um, the right way or the wrong way. Mm hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing for a rebel, like a rebel has to have choice because those choices very much tied to, tied to their identity. So like one of the examples that was given was, um, like a a student, a teacher who was dealing with a rebel student and couldn't get the student to do their homework. Um, and it's funny because to me, like I understood the reasons why a rebel would say like, eh, I'm not going to do the homework, uh, especially if in their mind they've rationalized that, okay, this is not really benefiting me or this is not really resonating with the kind of person that I want to be. So the teacher um, kind of laid it out for him and said, well, hey, if you want to go, if, if you don't complete your homework assignments and do well on your tests, well, then you know, and, and I don't remember the career that they wanted to go for, but you won't be able to get into a good school uh, or a good college or university. And then, you know, end result being you won't be able to get into the career that you said that you've wanted to get into. So after, you know, having that conversation with the student and saying that, hey, this is the consequences of your lack of doing your homework, uh, what would you like to do? And then he sat back and it's funny because like, I think it said like within two days, she started doing her homework because she's like, oh yeah, like I really do want to pursue that career. Like I really do want to get into a good university or college or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you think about it though, too, the reality is at the end of the day, 
no matter what your tendency is, it's your choice. Like you have to make a choice and a decision on something. So whereas when you're communicating with some of the other tendencies, um, you might tell them what the choice they should make is. But right, even if I'm an upholder, if I don't agree with that that situation and I decide to do the opposite, it will be the exact same. So I say that too, when you're dealing with kids, it isn't to say that like, oh, you just let your kids do whatever they want to mm-hmm. and they make all the choices in the world or whatnot. But the reality is even your child that like, let's say, you know, you said you must do this. Well, how many times did you go back? And it's like, well, why didn't you clean your room when I told you to clean your room? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's the same. It it can end up in the same results. But when you train a rebel and you help them to appreciate that way, their thinking um, ability goes into effect and they're making the choices and you have the rebels. They're making good choices. Right. Mm -hmm. So they see the full consequences of it. But if you haven't laid out the consequences, then they're like, well, you're just telling me to do that because you just want me to do it. Yeah. And and then the other thing, I mean, you think of, especially when it comes to kids, like you only have so long to, uh, you know, teach them and, you know, guide them before they, quote unquote, (laughs) turn into adults or they think that they're adults. Um, So I thought it was interesting in that aspect, not saying that, you know, like you said, don't just let your kid do whatever they feel like, you know, because obviously there's going to be some detriment to that. But on the flip side of that, sometimes life is the greatest teacher. So, you know, you you can have that type of experience for five, 10 years, or you can, you know, embrace them having the rebel tendency and condense it down to one year or two year before they finally understand uh, how those expectations of them work. And, you know, you no longer have this back and forth of trying to force them to do what you want them to do. And that's where, too, with that whole communication thing, when you're communicating them, communicating with them the way they can hear and understand, um, because sometimes with some of the other tendencies, like for me, leaning closer to an upholder, it's like to me, I'm looking at a rebel and I'm like, well, you're being selfish and you're not considerate of my feelings or, you know, how I feel. Whereas, again, if you communicate like, hey, so your actions are making me feel like you don't care about my feelings by not showing up or not calling me back, you know, because at, in that moment, it was something that they didn't want to do or whatnot. And granted, again, they can still make a choice to say, yeah, your feelings aren't that important to me. And I still like that. It's <laughs> not <laughs> that does not vibe with my identity and I'm still not doing it. But at least you communicate the consequences and they make that choice, right? So I think that's another important thing if you are dealing with a rebel to remember it's not always necessarily like they're only thinking about themselves and it's not like, oh, they just don't care about you. It might just be a matter of, oh, I didn't realize my actions were causing you to feel this way. You know, one thing that you kind of touched on, it's interesting and and not to derail your your thought process, but I mean, that can kind of be like a good filter in finding out, you know, about the relationships and friendships that you want to invest in, though, you know, because like with your example, um, if you're talking to a rebel and it's like, hey, your actions make me feel like A, B and C. And if you continue on in this manner, then I don't know if I can continue to be in this relationship with you or I don't know if we can continue to be friends 
or I don't know if I can continue to work for you. Um, that can kind of be a good barometer because, you know, I think sometimes in the other tendencies, maybe um, like maybe an obliger might struggle with making decisions, you know, the finality of, of decisions. But understanding that you're allowing that person to have that choice and if they really value the relationship, then when it comes to dealing with you as a person, then they'll say, OK, this is important to them. And as long as I want to continue to have this relationship, this friendship or this work relationship, then these are the things I need to do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's hmm, that's kind of uh, deep. And, and I don't know, like, uh, you know, why that popped in my head. But that wow, that's kind of deep. The other thing that I was going to just add that we hadn't mentioned yet was about um, a lot of times, again, when a rebel they don't want to do it. <laughs> they can't make themselves do it and you can't make them either. Um, the aftermath might just be they apologize, right? So they later will come back with the apology. So they're going to do what they want to do and then you'll get the apology. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so rebels don't ask for permission. They ask for forgiveness. Right. And, uh, and, and I can totally see that. Uh, I, I think about even in my secular employment, Oh, that's so high. Like, I don't ask for permission to do anything. (laughs) And then if it most of most of the time, because like I do still lean towards questioner, that's there to kind of help and assist. And so I've done the research. But if it comes back like extremely wrong, then, oh, that could be so bad in the workplace. Mm. You know, but I mean, I understand that's how rebels operate. Like they're willing to take that risk, you know. don't ask for permission they ask for forgiveness and so you know all you rebels out there hopefully your forgiveness game is (laughs) or your apology game is a (laughs) one because if not you have some serious work to do right Mm -hmm. so well i mean we we love the rebels too um all right so we're getting towards the tail end of this podcast was there anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't touch on no i feel like we covered it pretty well um, so we're going to go ahead and end it there. Yes, Thank yes, you everybody yes. for listening in. Um, if you find this content of value, feel free to comment, like, and subscribe. Uh, where can they find us at? So we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can upload us, load us. It's a uh, health talk with the Mott's DNA wellness. Um, mm-hmm. So you can fi- find us on multiple different platforms. But yes, we definitely, definitely appreciate you sharing and uh, us getting this information out there. Um, we know that uh, wellness is a lot of little things daily that add up to big things. Oh, yeah. And and it's not just physical. It's, it's mind and body. So mm-hmm. uh, this content that we bring and even the content that we have on our Facebook page when we do our Facebook lives, which is a little bit more uh, about physical health. I mean, but you know, even the emotional health is just as important in understanding uh, your personality and how to survive in this crazy world, you know. So uh, like I mentioned, hopefully you guys found this content of value. Uh, We thank you for your time and we'll see you guys on the next one. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.